You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Wednesday, June 30th, the last day of the month, and you get to spend it hanging out with us, and I mean us because it's the agency. That's right, Dean and Pietro, Josh Axelrod, both back on the show with me here this Wednesday. We've talked a lot about the offensive line the last few days. We're not going to do that today. We're going to talk about all the other pieces. What if the offensive line is bad? Can this team sustain it from the quarterback to the receivers to the running back to the defense? All of it will be evaluated right here on this show. It's a fun conversation that you can hear only at the Locked On Steelers podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. It's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey, to listen to this show. And remember to rate us five stars with a positive comment to review us, and you get a shout at the end of the show because your reviews really make a difference. Let's get into it. So one of the benefits to being able to do Fantasy Draft Friday is when the person that you stomp comes back on the show, you get to let them know that you stomped them into the ground, which is what I totally did to D9 and Pietro um, as you came in third place. Third place, according to voting. The final voting tally was I had 99 votes. Jenna had 25 votes. Dean had 10 votes. You lost bad, my friend. And you had the first overall pick. Dean I. Pietro also, hi, Josh Axelrod, who's sitting here patiently as I just destroy Dean for his utter demise. Yikes, Dean. What do you have Yikes. to say for yourself to the fans? Well, it's obvious that the fans just pick who they know most popular from current day as opposed to the actual best team. That's what that sounds like an say. excuse to me. That's what I have to say. Oh, it's the current players. They're the best. Vote for that. Come on. Come on. It's the best safety you know better. All right, Josh, Josh. Troy Pumalu, Mika Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, Dwayne Woodruff, Deshae Townsend. Or would you rather have Rod Woodson, Jack Butler, Connor Lake, Daryl pa- Darren, Darren Perry, or William, William Gay? Unfortunately, I have to pick the team where I've heard of more of the guys. I, I vote Chris. There you go. There you go. Also, Dean, everything you just said was super boomer-tastic. So super thank you for, boomer. Boomer. Thank you for being on brand, as always. <laughs> as as I, I expect to, you know, I live up to these expectations. <laughs> you, just, you just start talking about players that people have actually heard of. I'm sorry. But here's the thing. Jenna put, a, put in a lot of 70s Steelers, and yeah, she came work. in higher than you. But it and didn't she- work. She came in higher than me, right? She finished like when the Steelers finished 14 and 2 and the Browns are 6 and 10, but they're in third place and the Bengals are <laughs> 2 and 14. That's what it was. Okay, let's look at that. So oh, it's not like the she Bengals. did great. I was the Bengals. I, was I am the, the Bengals. <laughs> How's that feel? Oh, geez, that's funny. Feels, All right. Feels very <laughs> tigerish. <laughs> sure. Um, All right, let's roll into our actual topic today. And I kicked around the offensive line for the last three days on the show. Friday, we did a bonus episode. Sunday, technically, that was about training camp. But Friday, Monday, Tuesday, I've talked about David DeCastro, Trey Turner, 
uh, Kevin Dotson, all that. I've talked that out the wazoo. We're not doing that today. We're going to talk about the rest of the team. We're going to talk about can this team, as it is currently constructed, be a real competitor in the NFL if the offensive line is bad? Now, I'm not saying dead last in the league bad. I'm saying just below average because I think some really bad things would have to happen for this offensive line to be the worst in the NFL. Like there's some really bad offensive lines out there that they'd have to, they'd have to completely fall apart. Kevin Dotson would have to regress. Uh, Kendrick Green would have to not even look anything close to what he was in college. Zach Banner would have to not be, not be what they, what he showed last year in training camp. A lot of things would have to happen. But the reason I say this is the last time this franchise won a Super Bowl was with, quote-unquote, the worst offensive line to ever win a Super Bowl. And that offensive line was not good. Now, they weren't the worst in the league. They were below average. But can this team, as it's currently constructed, with a franchise quarterback, with a a talented running back, with a deep receiving core, with a stout defense, with a premier edge rusher, with a premier safety those are all things that were had on the 2018 that are currently on the 2021 team. Is that something that realistically, if this line is bad, that they can still win with? What was that team's record? I believe they were 12 and four. If that team's 12 and four and the offensive line, this offensive line performs similarly, you're looking at 10 and seven. Hmm. I think they can still do well. But the one, well, it's two differences to me. One is that Najee Harris is, is truly an unknown. We all have our high hopes for him. Very um, true. What will he be with an offense? Let's say the offensive line isn't good. That's what we're saying. Um, what can he do himself to overcome that? That is an unknown. Where with uh, Willie Parker, you knew what you had and you had speed. So... The one caveat for me is actually that this is not the Ben Roethlisberger that can run around anymore. That's where you lose, in my opinion, a couple of games off of that pace of what you would have had. Um, this, it's not, you know, he's still, he'll have to end up having to get back to releasing the ball faster, which is what we did all, we did, what they did all of last year. Mm-hmm. And without the ability to throw downfield, if he has the ability to throw downfield, which hopefully he still does, um, then after a while, it'll, it'll, I could see like a, almost deja vu from last year. They could have some success, just not the same degree of success that a 2018 had on that same level. Josh? Yeah, the Ben thing is obviously the big difference, just a decade plus old version, older version of him. That's not necessarily what you want if your offensive line is a little subpar. And again, I think it, we need to say that I think this line is going to be a little subpar. I don't think it's going to be as subpar as a lot of people seem to be saying, but that's a lot of, that's all speculation at this point too. I mean, I think an underrated difference on that team also is that they had more, ignoring whether Najee Harris can play up to Willie Parker standards. That team still had more running back depth than this team because, I mean, justice for Mabel Day Moore. That's who very true. Is always the forgotten guy who I think really was 
he, he was a safety valve for Ben a lot of the times. And that guy was the one always getting the hard yards. I don't know who any running backs on this current team who can get the hard yards. Balaz, baby. The, the, we'll see if the barrage happens or not. But yeah, so I think that, I think that's a major difference between those two teams that's worth uh, considering. I'd argue that this team probably has more wide receiver talent than that team. And mm-hmm. I mean, that team probably had more top end talent in the Heinz Wards and San Antonio Holmes. But I think this has like just more bodies who are capable of catching Lime the ball. Lime is sweet. <laughs> okay. Oy, oy, good vault. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna keep this conversation going. We gotta take a quick break, do some pay some bills with some ads here. But uh when we come back, we're staying right online with this discussion because I have some counterpoints to some things that were just said. But first a word from our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL's done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter, your host, here with our friends on Wednesdays, D9 and Pietro from Channel 11 WPXI and Josh Axelrod of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The CIA agency is in effect. Anyways, now, Dean, you said something that was interesting and Josh agreed with it, that part of part of a thing that's going to be a letdown for this team compared to 2008 is Ben Roethlisberger's lack of mobility, which he had a lot of back in 2008. Here's my counter to that. The reason why Ben had to be mobile back then is because he never really read the field. He was always trusting his eyes and not really you know, doing pre-snap reads. Uh, if you saw he got sacked a whole bunch, not because the Steelers offensive line was bad, but oftentimes because he did hold on to the ball just way too long. And that was something that happened even when they started to draft Marquise Pouncey and their offensive line did get better. It wasn't until Todd Haley came in and he was like, hey, Ben, Get the ball out that that his sack numbers dropped. And I do believe that something that was carried over is that he has become a smarter quarterback. He's not still not the most cerebral in the NFL, but he is a much smarter quarterback than he was in 2008. And that may be the pushback that sort of balances out. Hey, I can't run around nearly as much, but I can see things coming much further down the line than what I used to back 13, 14 years ago. What say you? Yes, he is a smarter quarterback. Um, it surprises me to hear that five years in that he couldn't read properly. Um, <laughs> I mean, go back and look at the tape and see there were several times where 
He was extending plays. He didn't even need to extend. And that's saying he could, it's not that he couldn't read the field. It's that he didn't read it nearly as well as he does now. Right. So he is a more cerebral quarterback now. He's still just not going to have that time. Um, the best thing he'll have going for him is and how much did he really do it last season? He used to be so great at the pump fake mm. that would help him on the deep ball. If he were bring back a little bit more of that, that might help him out. But still, you know, if the, if the offensive line is not there, they're, they're going to have to to get the ball out quickly. Um, and they have guys who could – and if Matt Canada builds, that's what every great coach is going to do, is going to build the right thing around the talent that they have. And it's finding ways to accentuate all of their strengths and to minimize the weaknesses. Sounds simple. It's not. But that's what Canada's job is going to be. If the offensive line can't protect Ben long enough, the offense is going to have to find ways to move the ball despite that. I'd give Matt Canada the benefit of the doubt going in, that he'll find ways to do that. I mean, yeah, speaking of offensive coordinators, I think one of the big differences between this team and that team is that team had Bruce Arians, which, who I mean you know, just won a Super Bowl as a head coach 15 years later. I mean, this is true, but that, that offense also wasn't a well-oiled machine. And, and no. like the, their play calling wasn't what no. made that year amazing that year. In fact, I think part of the problem was that Bruce catered to Ben and let him hold on to the ball for as long as he Because Ben wanted to be the gunslinger. Well, he wanted to be the guy that did that. And it was Todd Haley said, none of my offense. I got to make sure my job is to make sure your career lasts eight more seasons. And it's not going to if you play the way that you did from 2007 to 2010. Um well, so, I, would just, I, I would just hesitate to say that it didn't work because they won a Super Bowl. Well, it, so. it didn't work for protection. Yeah, like it, it oh, didn't okay, work. Okay. But okay. also, the offense wasn't what won the Super Bowls back in two thousand five no. and in, in two thousand eight. The offense came in came up in big moments, like the the San Antonio Holmes pass is one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. But that was a moment compared to a game long, long dominance, a, a season long where the Steelers' offense was a feared unit. That didn't happen until Ben got smarter as a quarterback, you know, made more pre-snap pre reads, made more quick passes, got the ball out, and, and they didn't win with the Super Bowl with that group. But still, that was the offense that you wanted um, And, and eventually. Now, the thing is, is that I think that there's – I'm with you. I don't think that there's a Heinz Ward on the team per se yet. You know, we, definitely not as a leader yet um, as far as receivers. Um, you know, Santonio Holmes, I think that – Deontay Johnson can be a Santonio Holmes with the way that he gets, gets into his routes. Um, but like Chase Claypool, I, I, I don't think there's a comparison to Chase Claypool from that era. You know, maybe Martavis Bryant and where he was going in the mid, in the mid 2010s, maybe that would be a fair comparison. Was Nate, was Nate Washington on that team? He was, or no, Nate Washington was, was, was he on that team? I think he was on that team because Cedric Wilson was the receiver in 2005. I think Nate Washington was the receiver in 2008. So I think that's a, that's a very good point, but still Nate Washington was, you know, not, you know, not, not, not one of these guys where Claypool Johnson and Juju could be a number one on a lot of different rosters in the NFL, not all rosters, but like, you know, if, if a team was assembling a group of receivers and there wasn't a Tyreek Hill or a Mike Evans, you know, or a, uh, you know, 
uh, you know, a, a superstar receiver like Devontae Adams. There wasn't a guy there that one of those guys could be a top guy on that team. Um, Cause again, they're still, they're all still very young, but you know, you look at that and Najee Harris, who, you know, I think could end up being a lot better than Willie Parker was um, even when Willie Parker was in his, in his best days. Um, you know, there's potential for that. Now, the one thing I will say that even if Pat Fryermuth works out, I don't think that this team has a Heath Miller. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good point. I, he I doesn't will, need to be. He doesn't need to be. I agree. I don't think. I agree. He's there for more blocking help more than anything else right now, mm-hmm. um, which this line may need. And so, again, that's part of what Matt Canada does and what tight ends he has in when and everything else. And that's a lot of that. A lot of shielding the uh, weakness is going to be on Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the reasons, though, that I, I said that I think the the current wide receiver core at least compares somewhat, if not better than that 08 team. Because again, if we're saying that Juju and Deontay can do a reasonable Heinz and Santonio impression, and I would argue James Washington and Nate Washington probably have a lot in common in terms of how they played. Mm. Claypool really is that, that X factor. And if that guy mm. takes, takes a leap this year, which he certainly has Oof. the ability to, that's a, that's one of that's the top, changer. that's one changer. of the top receiving exactly. cores in the league right there. Yeah. And I mean, yep. again, if, if Ebron remembers how to catch balls, he's a very, <laughs> very, he's a very, very solid catching tight end. So that's an offense that can function with a average to below average offensive line. And it's not going to be super explosive, but it's going to function. But what this team does not have that the O eight team had, I hate to say it, it's going to be a number one defense. They're That's not what, going to be as good as the O eight group. Hold it right there, Dean. Dun, dun, dun. That's what we're going to get into with the final segment because we've done a lot of offense talk. Met with total the, shock. The, the, <laughs> the, the key about this is, uh, is, is going to be defense. We'll get into that right after this break. But first, we've got to talk to our friends at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. You need a snack that's going to both help you get through the rest of your day, but also be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. There's so much to enjoy, and also... Don't forget, they help you lose and maintain weight. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone that's currently on a keto diet. Right now, Built Bar has a special promo code for you to get a great deal on their website. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15. 
to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's Locked On 15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with D9 Pietro of Channel 11 WPXI and Josh Axrod of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're talking about the Steelers and the offensive line, and if they're not going to be a a good unit this year, can they still be competitive? Now, with the past two segments, we've been talking about the offense, we've been talking about Ben Roethlisberger, we've talked about Najee Harris, the deep receiving core, but the bottom line that Dean alluded to at the end of the last segment is this defense still has to be great. Now, Dean, you said this defense – Ain't a number one defense. It's not. It's lost too much. And, and you have unproven talent at corner. You don't have a third edge rusher. If you address those things, then you have the potential. And I'm not saying they're going to be a bad defense by any means. They're going to be a very good defense. But they've got holes. They've got vulnerabilities. Perhaps more so than that 08 team had. You know, I would still take Troy Polamalu over Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay. Not to say Fitzpatrick's not great. He's not Troy. Okay. Um, and just losing Steven Nelson and, and losing Bud Dupree, you've lost something. And, you know, those are places where they are vulnerable and you have a lot of teams you're facing this year with a lot of receiving talent. So it'll be interesting to see how that gets handled. I mean, so, I don't, good, oh, good, uh, good, Josh. I'm just going to say, I don't think it's a hot take to say that this Steelers defense isn't going to be as good as one of the best defenses of all time, which yeah. was the 08 Steelers right. that featured the defensive player of the year in James Harrison and had Paul Amalu and Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor, like all time Steelers secondary players out there and I believe that team still had like Casey Hampton and Aaron Smith up front and barrier was the quarterback of everything. Like, I mean, that there's no shame in, I I don't want this defense to feel they have to compare themselves to that because that's, uh, that's unfair to them, especially because this team could have a defensive player of the year candidate in TJ watch who I'd argue should have been the defensive player of the year last year anyway. So yeah, like, no, this defense will not be that good and has holes, but also, this defense has a chance to improve still because that the cash flow money still has to go somewhere. That's so true. That, they that, need that, to spend that, that on that. Yeah, you're right, yeah, and that's and what I'm saying. That's a that's a factor that can't be uh, can't be ignored. That third edge rusher make make it a sit. Now, here's the thing, though, Dean, who was the third edge rusher on that 2018? I don't have the name off the top of my head. But my my point my point is is that the the previous year before that, Clark Hagens was was the, was the other edge rusher. He was gone. Woodley had to step up, and that became that. Then they became the dynamic duo of Woodley and Harrison. Highsmith shows promise that he can be that. And again, I'm not saying that you're wrong for saying no. They don't he have their rush rusher. I, I, I'm I'm right with you. They they don't have that that on their on their roster right now. They need to find that. But I will say that when you look at look at these teams, you know, like Josh, you brought up Casey Hampton, Aaron Smith. Well. Stephon to it, Cam Hayward. Both of them are, are are tough dudes in the middle in the middle of the defense. Uh, we're talking about James James Ferrier, Devin Bush. 
is very familiar with this defense. Not that he's James Ferrier and what he brought into chemistry wise, but that's a, that's a, a leader in the middle of the field that you got there. And you got some interesting pieces there. Um, you know, that team, they didn't know who their safety was going to be going into the, that, that year. Cause Brian Clark was a new, was a new face when he joined the Steelers um, I believe in 2008. So, you know, there, there were a lot of questions then about who they, who, who they are going to be doing. Now I'm, I feel better about Cameron Sutton replacing Steven Nelson than, than most, I think out there, everyone's like, Oh, Steven Nelson's gone. I'm like, eh. I mean, Steven Nelson was good, but I also think Cameron Sutton's pretty good. Um, the question for me will be slot corner and who's the backup out there and can this team stay healthy? Um, you know, but again, I, the reason I asked this question, the reason I look at this defense is that, you know, we're talking about, you know, a, a, a Steelers defense last year that they didn't rank first, but they ranked third and they ranked third with losing Bud Dupree and Devin Bush and at Joe Hayden at times um, and Vince Williams and Robert Spillane. Like they, like they, they were depleted last year, uh, you know, and they still finished third in the NFL. That's something to, 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 to talk about. And when they were healthy, and Devin, when Devin Bush was out there, I think it was going through the games again. It was like, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five. I think it was, it was like six games in a row, or it was six, time, six times in a row where a team at the end and late in the fourth quarter had a chance to take the league and they either forced a turnover or got the stop. There's something to say about that. And Bud Dupree being gone is a question. But Alex Highsmith looks promising, but you still have the core of this team there. And that's TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Joe Hayden, Devin Bush, Mika Fitzpatrick, and then role players like Cameron Sutton and Terrell Edmonds. That's right. where I'm going with this defense thing. Yeah. And, and, and all valid points. The thing to me is if we're looking at, you know, and we're, we're basically doing the comparison to 08 and having a, not the greatest offensive line if that's what happens. Very true. So you have the offensive line that slipped a little bit. You have an unproven running back that's a little notched down. Mm-hmm. You have a defense that's not quite the 08 team. Mm-hmm. That's another little notch down. I see what you're so saying. then you've gone from a 12 and four to a 10 and seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. And, and just on, in the big picture, just a, just a wide look at it and it's a simplified look. But I just, think that if the offensive line does not perform based on the team they have compared to the type of team they had in 08 they are a couple games less than that 08 team would be and funny enough and I, I ironically that year they faced the they, they had the number one or the toughest strength of schedule, of schedule. Yep. just mm. like they do this year crazy parallels here josh mm-hmm. That is interesting. Well, I was just going to say that I would argue that last year, the offensive line not holding up and stalling a lot of drives early also hurt that's the defense. That's true. That's very I true. Mean, that's, that's a very good point. That's how, you get a, that's how you get a gas defense. And I think they might have been the number one defense in the NFL if they hadn't had to deal with an offense that couldn't, hit, couldn't stay on the field. I also just wanted to mention that it's funny that we're talking about the 08 Steelers because the video of Demarius Thomas and Ike Taylor has been going around a lot lately because Demarius Thomas retired. And I just want to remind people that Ike Taylor was a, was a beast and that video should not define his career. Cause no, I, oh, absolutely. Cause not, I saw people yeah. clowning him on, online and that's no. not fair. No, all. not at all. That no. man, that man won two Super Bowls for a reason. Yep. Yeah. And he, he, he regularly locked down Chad Ochocinco, one of the best receivers of, of, of that era. 
um, uh, so many times when he came to Pittsburgh. Go go look up Chad Ochocinco's oh, yeah. numbers when he yeah, tell, tell me the Bengals playoff record, please. Yeah, that that, that too. There's there's that as well. Um, I can talk and, about the Bengals. I can talk about the Bengals. I know that's it right. is the Bengals. That's it. We have a Bengal on this podcast now. <laughs> uh, he said it, not me. He's, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, but no, a- absolutely. Ike Taylor does get too much flack for that. A guy's a heck yeah. of a stealer all time. Um, and, uh, and, and a really underrated important piece to that era of the Steelers. But yeah, one of the things I always said, it was completely unappreciated. Even though Larry Fitzgerald scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, of that Super Bowl, he shut him out for three and a half quarters. Larry Fitzgerald was on an unprecedented tear in what is still the best receiving performance in a playoff run in NFL history. Most yards, most catches. I think there's Jerry Rice had a year with more touchdowns, but you know, as far as accumulated all the, all the numbers, it's still the best. So Ike Taylor deserves a lot more credit. That's all our time. We got to get out of here. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast. Dean, let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. I am Dean 16 on Twitter and I'm hanging out in the locked on Steelers group on Facebook Steelers, not the Bengals. <laughs> Josh, same for you. I'm also in the locked on Steelers Facebook group. You can catch me on Twitter at Jackselberg with an H and you can catch my work at postgazette.com. And I've been writing a lot lately about what it's actually been like on film and TV and commercial sets recently. So if you're into that sort of thing, check me out. Yeah. Just don't spoil black widow for me, man. Don't be doing no. it. Don't oh, do yeah. it. Yeah, I've seen Black Widow. There. Yeah, don't, 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 don't. We're not, nope, la, 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 la. Nope, We're not listening nope, to you, Josh. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm Chris Carter, uh, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Uh, if you want to read my work at dkpittsburghsports.com, you can subscribe there to read all my Carter's classroom. I got a new one up on Isaiah Loudermilk, the fifth round draft pick defensive lineman of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So check that out there. You can also download this podcast anywhere podcasts are hosted but especially on apple spotify google podcasts and the app odyssey that's a-u-d-a-c-y odyssey remember to read us a five-star review with a positive comment at the same time you get a shout out at the end of the show just like we gave to our guy mb pops yesterday on the show for his five-star review thanks so much again be back in the years tomorrow with our thursday episode on your pittsburgh Steelers.